we just finished listening to the state tournament draw and um, get your microphone you know, closer do what microphone closer oh yeah here we go that's right i forgot there we go we just finished the state tournament draw you know i don't know that sectional 10 is what it is i think we're going to talk about that later that's the obvious direction to go with it i don't know we don't have any formats for it. eric gardner is joining us now from prep hoops indiana and joining zach and i we, we might have some people pop in and out here as we go we've already we had were a, doing a, i didn't know we were doing a podcast yeah we are we're gonna do it live <laughs> we've invited some people in you're you're here we've had a cut we've already had one college coach stick his head in and duck out um, <laughs> we had a gamer we're pretty sure from um philippines roll in i don't know 12 year old yeah 12 year old so yeah. it's but it's good it's live um we i mean let's just start with 1a the obvious matchup at least from eric and mine's perspective i assume is tenley versus greenwood christian academy right eric yeah i mean that one's Right, you know, if they had Isaiah Davis, if Greenwood Christian had Isaiah Davis, it'd be even more hyped. But I think it's still probably going to be the best game of of one A. I think we realized pretty quickly, like one A is pretty chalk. Like that Tuesday, Wednesday, there aren't going to be a ton of like great, great matchups. Well, it's it's definitely evenly matched. You know, the, the talent is spread out team wise in each of those sectionals. I don't I don't mean within each sectional, but there's not a lot of power in a given sectional like there is at 4A, with the exception of obviously sectional 63, which is, you know, Orleans, Lagodi, Bar Reeve, and, and North Davies. I have a hard time seeing anybody down there beating Bar Reeve, but that's only because the, the way they played in the, the Hall of Fame Classic, the way they played against Carmel, um, I, I have a hard time seeing those other teams competing as well as they did um, especially with the size. I mean, Lagodi has a little bit of size, but but not, you know, not across the board. And you know, North Davies is is as much. I mean, as I North Davies almost them. beat them earlier in the year. Almost like, beat Barreve, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, they kept it slow. It was in the 30s, I think. But like, yeah, and I think they've got a any well, anytime you've got shooters like that too, they've got a shooter's chance to to win. I, you know, you don't want to dismiss any any situation because sectional basketball is a lot like the first couple, first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament, you get these big surprises. And, and at the end of the day, it's still some of the better teams that reach it, reach the final four in the finals. You kind of forget about some of the upsets that came along, but I don't know. I just, I think when the money's, when, a, when the game's in the line, I just, I don't think anybody's going to not pick Bar Reeve. Uh, no, I think everybody ex, will ex, pick Bar Reeve, but for the hard that's not fans. to say those games aren't going to be close. No, I agree. I mean, oh, Orleans, yeah, I Orleans is really good, but they're also they're, really yeah, they're strong. having a, they're having a great year. And uh, I've seen Lagodi, I've seen North Davies, I've not seen Orleans yet. Obviously, I've seen Barreve. Um, I say that because they did come to Carmel, which was a you know a really good game. Um, you know, North Davies, the the three sophomore guards they have there with the twins and and Jalen Mullen um, are. You know, they're probably a year away from being the best team in that area. Uh, the, the best team of, among those three schools, especially. Uh, especially with Bar Reeve, you know, they'll, they'll lose Graber and they'll lose Hope. 
uh, they'll still figure out a way to be good because their their JV team did a good job against Carmel's JV team as well, and they have a little bit of size. So, anything up north tempt you, Zach? No, I mean <clears throat> I haven't seen Barreef play, but I know their size and they're tough. And Couts really doesn't have any size. I mean they have guard play, but and the two sets of twins, right? But other the, than that, the one thing that. Like, I didn't take any notes on the northern sectionals, only because there there wasn't anything that was compelling in terms of the way the draws played out. Uh, there weren't any great opening round matchups unless I missed something. Is that – do you see it that way, Zach? Yeah, just from what I've seen up here, the talent is not the greatest in 1A, as it has been in the past. Southwest is good. And, go I mean, ahead. I think that without question – in the past, it's been Couts and Gary 21st Century. Definitely. Now, that was a one-point game earlier, but was that still, you know, what was what was 21st Century's um, – oops. What was Gary 21st Century roster like when those two teams play? Yeah, I'm not sure. Eric, now try it. There, there we go. go. All right. Yeah, we've got we've got mute settings. This is our first live one, so we just don't want people to roll in and start <laughs> talking. But it's also clipping Eric, who muted himself to do a couple of things in his little room yeah. there. So, um, and we're not recording; we're not using the video, Eric. So if you're moving around in the background, it won't won't show up. So yeah, I didn't um, care. Yeah, there I, and it wasn't there just didn't seem to be anything compelling up, you know, and I'm sure we're selling some teams out and we'll probably, you know, somebody will remind us that there's a great matchup here, but nothing on the surface up North. Right. Yeah. Eric, anything, Not anything really, I mean, I'm looking at them now, like, I mean, the couch sectional Morgan township could be interesting against couch in the second round, but probably yeah. not. Gary 21st would have to like, I mean, they were tested this year like they are every year. So, like, they could have a chance to pull an upset, but counts is so good. Once you get out of that, like, there isn't another good team. Like, typically you'd say Lafayette Central Catholic is, like, the team to watch. But, like, they, they're awful this year relative to normal expectations. Yeah, Covington yeah. could be an upset there. But, like, I mean, it's still – I mean, but don't Don't we all think – don't we CC. all – don't we all think though there's just a chance that LCC could jump up and, but the, yeah, like also if they not get play to the normal state, schedule. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, normally like they're semi state. Aren't they normally? They're normally like seven losses, right? But the seven losses are to like the four all and three great teams in Lafayette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and usually yeah. they win a few of those. So, I mean, they're usually not bad. The fact that they they miss so much time in the middle of the year. And I think that put them back because I think they were what four and four, and then they came back and they played and lost a bunch in a row. And now it looks like they're six and nine. I mean, they they could turn it on at any time, but that that LCC Covington matchup will be probably the next most interesting. Although now that I'm looking at it, is West Dell in the north? I can't remember. Like that West Dell sectional is not bad. Liberty Christian could be pretty good. I think they're – I mean, Tri-Central has one of the better scoring players in the state. And in yeah, 1A, you really just need, like, a guy 
right. to get points. If you got a guy, you've got a chance. So, well, anytime you have the best player in the sectional, you, you've got a chance to you've got a chance to win the sectional. So, I, I think that especially is the case at the one A and two A level. It may even be the case at the three A level. We haven't gotten the three A yet, but Joey Bennett is in the room. I don't know that he knows we were going to ask him to speak, but you know he's at Greencastle. So he's going to be covering. He's going to be covering covering Brody Whitaker, and you know I think he's the best player in that sectional. So, and Greencastle's got some other weapons, but I don't want to jump around too much. But Joey, when we come to that, if you're still in the room, you feel free to speak on the teams that you normally cover. Okay, so, um, so if we move down south to, to in the one A side, we've got Morristown and and Southwest. Southwestern um, in um, Shelbyville are on opposite sides. Jackson Dell will play, has a bye. They play the, they'll play the winner of the Morristown game, assuming Morristown will win that game and, and advance any, any trip up from them. I mean, Jackson Dell was a team early in the year that beat South Decatur, which maybe was a sign that South Decatur wasn't going to be as good as they were last year. Um, it's been weird how they've not been able to duplicate as much of their success as they had last year, but Jackson Dell looked pretty good in that game. I actually watched that game on streaming. Um, but, you know, Tinley would be Tinley's sort of the irresistible force, right? Um, I mean, would they, ha- would yeah, they have a shot? I, I mean, they would have a shot at beating Bar Reeve. They could put pressure on those guys who don't normally – do a lot of ball handling or who, you know, a lot of the ball handling who aren't used to the speed of the game. Are we, are we completely I, prejudicing I wouldn't that? overlook, I wouldn't overlook Bloomfield though. Like Bloomfield's had a decent year. They're a little bit younger yeah. than they were a year ago, but like I, they should get through their sectional pretty easily. They would be in Tinley's regional and that indie Metro sectional doesn't look as strong as it was a year ago. I mean, what, where is Bloomfield? Bloomfield is Clay City. Clay City, yeah. Let's see. Oh, I mean, it's the... a, it, you could, in theory, have like yeah, Morristown, okay. Morristown, Tinley International, maybe, and Bloomfield yep. in the sectional. And I think those might, were those the winners last year? Or did Greenwood get through last year? Greenwood got through, definitely. Greenwood got through, but yeah, yeah I think just flip Tinley and Greenwood, and it's probably what it was last year. So you'd have, um, but so you'd that, have, that regional should be pretty good. Yeah, Bloomfield International, um, Tinley, and then Morristown. So that's what you think in the read. Not that we're making sectional predictions now, but <laughs> no, but I think that's that's kind of what you're looking at is is that regional being, you know, two teams with Tinley and Morristown being pretty good, Bloomfield being maybe a step below just because you're not quite sure how their guys are gonna step step up. Balen Graff will be good, but like yeah. will the other guys and then who knows from Metro Metro is sectional. It could be three or four different teams. How well does Graf show? Have, have we seen Graf? I mean, I not, I haven't. How, how well does he shoot? It? Not bad. I think he should be good enough that if you're going to press up on him, like he'll be able to make jump shots. 
Like, yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's just easier for him when he's got other guards and he can play off the ball. That allows him to be inside a little bit more. And when he can rebound and get putbacks, that's when he's kind of his most advantageous. And if that's what they're going to get, like, Bloomfield should be good. But, you know, Tenley, he is Tenley their best been, player, so. Yeah, Brett Graff is definitely. And, you know, their coach has done a great job of sending us information on him. And and it just seems like there's never a lot of – he's not shooting the three – you know, he's not shooting from three at, at a very high No, volume. but it, it's it's a little bit more mid-range jump shots than yeah. that. I've always considered – concern myself with his, his three-point shot just because he never takes it and when he does he's he tends to be a little bit short any of these just not there but like anything inside he's great any of these teams including bar reeve will have to take advantage of tenley on the, on the back end of their press because tenley can really amp it up and it's not something they always do but it's definitely something that they turn to even if even if omar coach dillard thinks he needs to change the tempo of the game and um, you know, I think the games they've struggled in have been the teams that have handled it and then had the side, you know, the big school, you know, bigger school, Ben Davis, anytime they got through the press, it was, it was at the rim. Lawrence North, anytime they got through the press, it was at the rim. Um, you know, then when they play Noblesville, now at the beginning of the year, you didn't necessarily realize Noblesville would struggle all year, but Noblesville led most of that game. But then as Tinley amped up the pressure, Noblesville really couldn't, didn't make them pay on the back end. So it was either they either struggled to get it across half court or then they struggled. Then they struggled to score because they just never really attacked the rim. The, the one opportunity they got was actually a, just a steal at half court where the ball kind of got bobbled. Things got clustered and all of a sudden one of their players uh, broke out and, and got a layup. I don't remember any other opportunity. It seemed like they, they struggled to finish in the back end of that stuff. So, um, all right, moving to 2A, anybody else got anything on 1A before we move on? Not really. No? I think the okay. Davies sectional may be a little bit more surprising, but I still think it'll be Barreed come out of there. Yeah, and it, it's but it's, it was balanced. I mean, other than maybe – It was, yeah. You know, if you're going to see that, obviously, Barreed gets a bye and Lagoti gets a bye, or maybe Orleans gets a bye. I don't know. You know, if you're basing on Sega. Yeah, but Washington Catholic as a tune-up. Yeah, in the first game, who hasn't won a game this year? Like, right, sure. So, but that's a pretty balanced draw. That was one of those four. It's the four team draws. When people talk about seeding the sectional or seeding, seeding each each sectional, it's those four team draws, that, or the the draws that have four really good teams that just stand out. Where sometimes three of them get on one half, and one of them is on the other half. That's when it seems like someone kind of gets the raw end of the deal. But you know, but that's. For my money, that's part of the fun of it. Um, obviously, the team I support, on a, you know, is in a very competitive sectional, so there's no easy draw at all. Um, and I just say you just buck up and you, you you play the schedule that's ahead of you, and not worry about it. But um, up north, right away, Marquette Catholic sectional thirty three comes out with the. They got to be happy campers right now, Zach. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They've they've struggled here a little lately, but but they played really well earlier in the season. Uh, they can knock down shots from the outside. They can beat about anybody. Yeah, Ileana Christian. Ileana Christian is going to be interesting there, though. I feel like and and Andrian, Andrian, of course. Yeah, you know the Ileana stuff is. 
not seen them play. I've seen a couple of those guys play during the summer, the, the Van Essens, but, you know, not knowing how tough they are during the school season. You know, again, we're talking about what a, a shooter's chance. Maybe they can get in. They can they can cause some havoc and be good enough to. to I mean, they're on the the Andre and Bowman half. So even in that regard, Marquette Catholic. You know, another team that may be one of those deals where the the three of the top four teams are in one half and right Marquette Catholics in the other. Right. Definitely. Um. We're not really again going through sectional picks right now we may we'll do that next sunday but um central noble westview did you have anything else like any of the i'm i go right to 35 <laughs> yeah for sure the only if thing you got it no yeah any other sectionals nope we're good with that one but okay westview we could talk about the blackhawk sectional if you want they're gonna win that one let's go out on a limb um. Yeah, Central Noble, Westview. I got CN. I keep wanting to say Columbus North. Uh, Central Noble and Westview. Obviously, that's a great opening round matchup. Zach, are you going to change your strategy of where you go that first night? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the thing is, Westview doesn't have their best player anymore. Drew, okay, Drew Weiler. I saw that up. tweet. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um. Central and then Busco, and Busco's in the other half here. of that. Sure, yeah. Busco's in the other half of that. They got to be happy with that draw as well. So, um, yeah, it looks like East Side's going to get through on the top, which will be interesting for them. I mean, if they get to the championship game there, they could be could present some problems, especially if for some reason Central Noble doesn't make it. Right. See, yeah, that's a, that. that's a that's a team. What was I doing the other day? I think I was just going through our some of our preview stuff for the for like a, a day, like a game preview for the days. Each each of those days, didn't realize East East Side was having the kind of season they were. It's you know I don't know that they yeah, have. Any... I wasn't either. I knew I knew they were having a decent year halfway through, but I haven't kept kept up the last couple of weeks. But I mean, they didn't fare too well against Central Noble. Lost by eight yeah, or twenty two. Twenty two. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they just Central Noble just plus. has they just have size. They, I mean, they actually, their positional size is has been a big deal in the games I've seen them play. Busco plays East Side on Friday, by the way, so that's something to note. Because they got a buy, right? Busco got the buy. No, Bremen got the buy. Bremen got the buy. Hold on a second. I need to. Oh, I have all these screenshots. By the way, if anybody wants to see a screenshot as we talk, let me know. I can at least try to share. Harold's got him up. Yeah, but I can't share his stuff. Oh, you say, I see what you I'm mean. Just, yeah. yeah. I see what you mean. I screenshotted all of them and got them in nice little folders and can open them up per class. And Mr. Yeah, Fancy that's too much here. work. I'm not about that world. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Bremen was the only team. Yeah, so Busco, Noble, Central Noble, Westview are all on the same side. Yeah. And then East Side, and then East Side's up north. So they they're the ones that has to love the draw. So I had that wrong. Um Yeah, that's why like East Side getting their path should should make it pretty interesting. Yeah. It just depends like if they can be competitive against Busco on Friday, 
and, and again for reason to believe that they could beat either Central Noble, Westview, or them, then there's a chance. If they get blown out, I don't know, you know, that late in the season getting blown out by a team, and say it is Central Noble, maybe they don't. But oh, you're saying like a regular season game or right. Yeah, the, okay. like on Friday, they say, play. I was going to say, if they get blown out in the sectional, they're done. It doesn't matter. Well, if they get blown out by Busco, like that's a lot of momentum to lose that late in the season right before you go. So sometimes, now, sometimes well. those teams, sometimes those teams don't show much, especially that last game. Could. Um, and some teams don't even prepare. I remember when Carmel was in the, the Olympic Conference with Muncie North, Muncie South, Anderson, Madison Heights, all those teams. It was a good basketball conference. It was an absolutely horrible football conference. But, but we always ended the year with Jay County. And Coach Hetty, that's Scott's dad, I don't know that he ever really cared, even though he was from that part of the state. I don't know that he ever really cared about winning conference. So that Jay County game was always kind of a hit or miss deal, even when they were just average. And they had some decent teams back then. Uh, but, but we would go up to Jay County and either struggle to win, or I remember my senior year, we got beat by him. And I had I was like, what the hell? You know, I didn't know. I didn't think we would lose to Jay County. But then you look back and think, God, we never, ever prepared for Jay County, ever. There was not one second spent with the players in preparing for that final game. And, and that led to some pretty deceiving, you know, deceiving uh, situations for Carmel going into the sectional. So, um, no, that's true. And when they're going to play that scenario. Yeah, when they play each other. Now, we didn't play Jay County in the sectional, but – but this would be Busco and East Side playing each other, you know, possibly twice in two weeks. Um, I'd be curious if, especially if either one of those teams would show a whole lot. So, um, but I think your, your general theory, Eric, is, is pretty spot on. If they get blown out, that's got to be tough on their confidence. And yeah, and it's not that they won't get to the finals, but like if you get there, like can you just get blown out by, arguably the third best team in that sectional. Yeah. And then you could play Central over a Westview. Like that's a tough look, but uh, let's see, moving down Blackford sectional for sure. Yeah. We're so nothing before that though. Right. We're good with all those. No, draws. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Rochester's having their best season in a while for like yeah, the last five years. That was a They'll team. I didn't know how they were ha having that good of a year until about late January, but. Um, yeah, I don't know how good that 15-1 schedule is because yeah. I don't think they really played anybody, but neither has anybody else in that conference. Beat Peru the other night. Or in that sectional. And the Peru win's a good win. Yeah. Peru's having a good year. It is, Thompson yes. is a heck, heck of a coach. And, and Malchow obviously has done some really good things since returning to that bench. So, um, But, yeah, Madison Grant – or going to the Blackford sectional, Madison Grant and Blackford, that is definitely the big money game of that one. Uh, I, I, I still have a hard time – thinking Tipton can't ever jump up and, and win one of those deals. But I mean, yeah, that was my first thought. It's like, if you're Blackford and you get Madison Grant, the team you probably don't want to see next is Tipton. Like they're always going to be just good enough to possibly beat you. And now the granted, way, this is going to be a Blackford. So who knows? Well, and this is also an eight and 12 Tipton team that has sustained yeah, two. Tipton. Yeah, it is. And you know, Hawkins, uh, it, that will be a physical game for whomever comes out of that, whoever wins that Madison Grant Blackford game. The Friday night game with Tipton will be extremely physical because Hawkins will muck up the works on defensive end of the floor. 
I mean, he's had some teams. He he's had some teams where the opposite, the opposing coach has come away thinking it's a little borderline dirty every now and then. <laughs> um, he's going to be in somebody's shirt. You know, I, you know. Obviously, we think that Blackford will probably get by Madison Grant just on the premise that it's what tough to beat somebody twice in one year. No, that's three times in one year. Three you times, keep yeah. They played three times. I, I, yeah, I keep. I still think it's tough to beat somebody twice in one year. <laughs> it was a 71-67 win. You know, over um, well, hopefully Fisher's has a tough time beating somebody twice in one year. So, uh, Blackford lost to Madison Grant seventy-one sixty-seven during the regular season. So, yeah. I um, mean, Blackford obviously has the best player, but I don't think Blackford has the depth that they had a year ago, which could present problems. They you may know, not. Maybe they the younger, make it past they've got the size though. The younger Wars kids is really good, and he yeah he, he is. is I mean, he's definitely – he'll be a scholarship player someday. He's better than his older brother. Um, but he's he's had some really good games, you know, the games I've seen them play, and I've only seen them play the better games in their schedule. I, I watched them play the Hall of Fame stuff streamed. I, you know, watched that on, you know, online or on, app, you know, on the Apple TV. Um, saw them against uh, – looking up – who did I see them play early in the year? Um, I I but, think the Hall of Fame game was what kind of convinced me that I'm not quite sure Blackford could oh, make at, it deep. I'm looking at like food. the only reason they lost was that because against Bar Reeve was pretty much because Luke Brown was gassed, like yeah. he was dead after that first game, and so like you know that probably applies more to regionals, but you know everybody's going to go in and grind him. You know, they're going to try and lock him up because if you can lock him up, I don't know if there's another guy on that team that can really do it. You saw that in the Bar Reeve game. Like, Graver had him. And then once that was done, it was like, all right, well, now who who else is going to step up from Blackford? A year ago, I think you had a few guys that could do that. This year, who's the guy you count on? The, the one know. thing they don't have this year is is, is another ball handler to, to relieve Luke yeah. or, or to get – Luke opportunities yeah, to come off. That, I think that's what wore him out. I think that's what wore him out in that second game is he just didn't have somebody else to take some of the pressure off. So every time it was just down your throat, each and every possession. Wars was Wars was really good. The younger Wars kid was really good against Liberty Christian. Um, and now yeah, but he's up. not really a he's not really a ball handler. No, he's not. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. No, I didn't mean from that angle. I mean, just from the idea of he's able to finish. uh, The Grimes kid is able to finish. They both are really good around the lane and not just right at the rim. They they both can get catches off ball screens. Uh, You know, they can they can get in the short roll, make a play. Uh, But, you know, Madison and Madison Grant, the one thing with them is, is they're pretty interchangeable defensively. Um. But, and sometimes that helps because you can, you obviously can then switch ball screens and you don't really get burned on the roll if it's just the same, if it's the same person each time, you know, if it's the same type of person. Well, you're also, if you can switch everything, you're going to have more energy throughout the game. So you'll be stronger defensively, quicker defensively late. So that should help. And that's going to probably be the key. 
I just don't know if they have that one guy to de- really defend Luke if Luke gets hot. Yeah, it'll be – my guess is, well, if they go man, it'll be probably be Grant Brown because he also guarded – he seems to – the two times I've seen them play, he seems to guard their – he seems to draw the toughest assignments. Um, but then they also played a lot of zone. They played a lot of zone against Oak Hill too. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what their game plan will be against Blackford, but, um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's I'm just used to Tipton always being at worst yeah. above, above <laughs> average. So, yeah, I think that's why my initial reaction was Tipton sitting there with a buy, like that's not a good look. And granted they're eight and 12 this year. It's not like they're world beaters, but like still they have, a whole week to prepare for a game that they know, you know, it's either going to be Luke Brown or it's going to be Madison Grant and they'll be good defensively. It's still not going to be a fun matchup. Regardless, I think the winner comes out of the bottom. Nobody up top is going to be able to. No, I agree. Win. Wapahani. So moving down to the uh, Elwood sectional, Wapahani, Winchester, the top two teams. Well, definitely two of the top teams. Monroe Central, I think is having a pretty good year. Let me double check yeah. that. Uh, they're twelve and seven, but twelve and seven. Yeah, I saw Wapahani absolutely scorch Eastern Hancock, and the the one thing that I liked about them is is just how good their young guards are. Now versus Winchester, the one thing I don't like about them is just they're young. They're it's going to be a freshman yeah. and a sophomore, who and the sophomore is a little undersized. I mean he's thin, uh, but he Winchester's all pretty much all seniors, so that. I think as much as they can match them guard play guard play wise from a talent perspective, they're going to lose out on physical maturity, and and obviously they're going to have a big time hands full with Peyton Sparks. They they don't have anybody. Yeah, match up I, with that him. was my main concern. I lo- I love that game, but I don't know that Wapahani has the manpower to stop him. If and they somehow, can, I think they win. But like, you know, they're just going to have to front everything and and try and keep it out of the post as much as they can. But <laughs> I mean, somehow Winchester and Wapahani don't play each other during the year. I don't, it doesn't seem logical. Now, uh, Winchester's, little... Winchester's schedule was also weird this year. But I mean, they, yeah, they don't, they don't they play each other. They lost some games and added some games. Let's see if they ever play each other. Hold on a second. Got to give John Harrell credit for. All right, well, uh, it looks like normally they the do. Greatest. Normally they yep, do play. Normally so. early in the season. So maybe that was something that happened because of COVID. So, but they have not played this year. Yeah, yeah. They, Actually, uh, Winchester lost a lot of games early in the season and had to replace them at the end. And, but uh, I think that's why they added the Lures game. But it's not even showing that they were that they were postponed. So no, anyway, he, he was take he was taking them out at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That, uh, well, anyway, that's that's my fault for that tangent. But they, yeah, they don't. Um, they don't really have a logical answer for, for Sparks. But I've not seen Winchester play this year, mostly because Sparks committed early. And, and like I said, the bulk of their talent are seniors, and that's just going to be a big physical advantage for them. But but Wapahani, like I said, torched Eastern Hancock. They were fun to watch. They played fast. They, they shot a lot of threes, and and they, they weren't bad. They weren't forcing things. So um, Covenant Christian, sectional 42 is going to be an interesting – I mean, that's a tough sectional. Uh, Park Tudor certainly will, will you know, will have a reply for them. 
in, in, in the second round. And then Heritage Christian University, I think the winner of that game will come, will, will get to the championship game. I don't think Irvington's going to pose much of a threat. Uh, Covenant Christian has, you know, they got to the, the semifinals, the city tournament, the Indianapolis city tournament. And they absolutely destroyed Greenwood Christian early in the year. So I'm not, uh, they may be a little bit of a dark horse when we start talking about <clears throat> predictions next week. So, yeah, I say, my, I say my big question when I saw that, my big question when I saw that is like, could Park Tudor actually beat Covenant? And looking at their schedule, like they don't have a good win. I know they scheduled tough, but like they don't Who, actually Co- have a win that's like qualifies as good. Covenant doesn't, or Park Tudor doesn't. Park Tudor, they have nine wins, but like their best win is they beat Metro, Cecina, Bethesda, Short Ridge, Ritter, Washington, Heritage Christian. I guess is their best win. I will say they looked like, they looked awfully good against Ritter. Um, yeah, I, I was at that, and game, that's where but- it's kind of. Like I know Tim's done a good job there, but it's also I, I something think the, where usually they sneak a couple like wins in that they can hang their hat on. They just didn't this year. Now, as highly as I think of Scott Adams as a coach, I wonder, you know, no, oh, Scott, yeah. at, and I'm sorry, gotcha. international, my fault, international, losing to Park Tudor by 33. I, I wonder if international had anybody missing because I know they've had some COVID issues, but. Still losing part Tudor beating international by 33 is pretty impressive because I mean, international, they're defending sectional champ. I mean, they are seven and eight, but you look at some of their losses, their losses are to part Tudor, Richmond, Greenwood, Christian traders points, not a good loss. Lutheran's having a really good year. Um, I think they've just been decimated by COVID. They have like, I don't think I, I've never gotten the vibe that they've been healthy all year and I don't, and they're not a deep team. And I'm not even sure they get to use their gym when they have issues like that. So, no. um, Hey, Joey, are you up to speaking for a little bit? Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Talk a little yep. bit about Park Heritage. I mean, Christian Johnson, I think we all know. Um, at least Eric and I know him. I don't think Zach's had a chance to see him play. I coached that age group in the summer, so I see a lot of him. Tell us a little bit about the rest of that group. And uh, and who else might challenge them besides North Putt? If anybody will challenge, I mean Cloverdale's got some nice young guys. North Putnam obviously is having a, a good year. Tell us a little bit about that. Joey Bennett writes for the Greencastle newspaper. You're going to have to tell me what the newspaper name is. I don't. Well, it's um, not the Banner Graphic. I'm actually now the editor of the Brazil Times, but I still am in very close touch with those guys over there. Okay. Pretty good tabs on what's going on over there. Um, I'll tell you what, Park Heritage is a really good team. Um, uh, uh, Christian Johnson's older brother, Noble, uh, was hurt last year a lot and didn't get to play much. He's a really good defensive player, and he's somebody who, like, when they play North Putnam, he could be a stopper. The problem is for North Putnam, they've got literally five or six guys that can hit threes from anywhere. And, like, it's not just Mason Brooks, who uh, passed 1,000 points last week and is going to play for a, a, a cornerstone up in Michigan. But right. uh, North Putnam is just, is just a really good balanced team. And, uh, like, they went and they won at Danville uh, the other night. That was a really big win for them. Um, I think them playing Park Heritage is going to be a really good game. Uh, they played earlier. I think that was just when North Putnam was just coming off of their COVID problems, so they really weren't quite going yet. But, um, I mean, North Putnam has been really good. And um, 
Uh, like that should be a really good game. I really don't think anybody else in that sectional is probably a big threat to win it. Um, but those are the two that's the big guns. And uh, I mean, Park Heritage also has a big guy named Connor Davis, who is just a, he's not a huge guy, but he's about a six, three, just well-built stocky guy who really gets a lot done under the basket. Uh, they have another wing player named um, uh, Riley Ferguson, who's a really good player. And um, I mean, Rich does a really good job of coaching them and they, they get it and go and they push it up the court and that'll be a really fun game. If those two meet in the finals, that'll be a really, really fun game because uh, both teams like to just get it and go. Uh, Mason Brooks, originally a Carmel kid. Uh, the Wars brothers up at Blackford, originally Carmel kids. So we are supplying talent for the all of basketball. At all yeah, levels. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't need to hear that. <laughs> basketball at all levels produced here at Carmel, Indiana. Um, yeah, I love watching Christian play. He's a strong kid. He, he's an early maturing kid, so he's, he's been that size for a while, but he's always been a point guard. So it's it was not even remotely surprising to see the success he had as a freshman. And then, obviously, he's continued that this year. Um, Cloverdale, I'm going to always root for Pat Rady. Always, always, always. Uh, Patrick used to coach with me, and his father, who's obviously a legend, uh, was a mentor of mine, or, or at least, at the very least, someone who's very good to me to, when I, especially when I started out coaching. Uh, so I'm always going to be a Patrick Rady fan. So I'm, I'm hoping Cloverdale pulls that through, but, but there's some good young guys there. And I, and I like Mason. I like his family. I like his dad, good people. They, they actually went to Westfield. Uh, leave when they left Carmel, they went to Westfield and then um, Mason's father got, the, got the, job. the job. Yeah. Head coaching job at North yeah. Putnam. I, I didn't even realize he was a coach. I mean, so, but yep. um, I mean, Mason could have figured out a way to really help Carmel, but not that anybody has any sympathy for that. So, um, I think he got plenty. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Going down the list, South Ripley, sectional 44. By the way, Joey, thanks, man. I appreciate that input. Um, no problem. The uh, Milan sectional, South Ripley, the way they're playing, they're going to – I mean, I guess South Decatur has the talent to beat them. But, they play zero defense. Yeah, South Ripley did what South Decatur couldn't do last year, which was beat Greensburg. Which that's, I mean, that's, that's just a, South Decatur's biggest issue is they don't – they'll they'll run and gun with the best. When they played Lynn Stockton down at Southridge, like, offense was awesome, but they couldn't do anything to stop anybody. I think that'll probably be one of the most entertaining games in the state if, is if it's Ripley versus South Decatur. That would be fun. But it's also going to be, like, 100 to, like, 95. <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be fun. I'd go to that game. I'd see that game. Uh, moving down, I think we're probably taking too much time on some of this stuff, but <clears throat> Southwestern Hanover, I think they, they got to be a pretty heavy favorite to win that sectional. I think we're taking the place of ours. All right, let's just move on to anything else in 2A before we move to 3A. That was my last note. <clears throat> I mean, Southridge sectional could be interesting. I think Forest Park's probably underrated against South Spencer. Yeah. Southridge is playing well, but I don't know if they're good enough to, to upset anybody. But I think that one could be where some crazy stuff happens. Yeah, I guess that's true. We the the Forest Park. I, I know when I sent that I mean, tweet Forest out, Park's I was fifteen and five. Yeah, when I sent that tweet so, out, I was I was mentally thinking <laughs> Heritage Hills versus South Spencer. But I know Forest Park's still having a good year, 
and, and they pulled a really pull off a really good weekend last weekend with a couple of nice wins. Um, I'm going to find that out because I remember when their coach sent me an email on some player of the week stuff. Um, now South Spencer did beat Forest Park 78-51 earlier in the year, but yep. at least on paper they physically match up well, which will be interesting. And South Spencer has not been sharp at times. Uh, and most of the time they're pretty good, but there's been some time like they probably shouldn't have lost to Princeton. And you know, South Hills is good, but they could have beaten them. Like Southridge has the best player in the sectional. So whenever you have that, you yeah. have a chance to win it. And they do. So yeah. I'm not even. That's why I think they'll make it through to, to Saturday, but you know, we'll see. I thought they covered it pretty well on Rake Straw covered it pretty well. <clears throat> I don't think people outside that area realize how good Colson Montgomery is and no, they do type not. of recruiting. I mean, he would definitely be, he would be a mid-major borderline high major college basketball prospect. And before I he committed for baseball and like decided to go that route, like I know Purdue and IU were definitely looking at him. Yeah. Like, well, not I, there to pull Indiana the trigger, maybe but like him a little bit about walking on. Yeah. I think mean, th- that happened mid-January maybe, something like yeah. that. All right, 3A. Zach, we've got your neck of the woods here. Mishawaka Marion, South Bend St. Joe has the bye, waiting on them to, to get through South Bend Clay. Yeah, did you call that the other day? What was that matchup you called? The Catholic Classic, or what did you call that? Uh, Holy War. The Holy War. There we yeah. go. The Holy War. So we'll have another Holy War here coming up. Uh, bouncing is back. Is this the exact same draws last year? That was, that's what I was kind of wondering too. Because uh, I knew John it's Glenn just was. Jimtown was the good one and right. not Glenn. Right. Glenn beat Riley. That surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Glenn, uh, Riley can't shoot it. So uh, when they can't shoot it, then you see that the other night when, when Adams took care of them. But, but yeah, I think Hammond's the team out of those four, the four sectionals, Calumet, New Prairie, Washington, Twin Lakes, Hammond is going to be tough to beat. Uh, Marion, St. Joe, obviously out of that one, make things interesting for Hammond, but we'll see. We'll, I'm not sure because so, Marion's beat St. Joe. St. Joe's got J.R., Marion doesn't have that go-to score. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't see the Warren Central game for Marion the other day, so I'm not sure what happened in that. I know they were shooting a little cold in that, maybe. Well, I, I just wasn't impressed at all with South Bend St. Joseph's defensive approach when I saw him play at Grace. Yeah. When I when I saw him play, um, I'm gonna lose track Homestead. of who they. Who they even played? Yeah, Homestead. Oh, I'm on the wrong. Oh, I'm on the wrong Homestead. one. Daggone it! I, yeah, and that's the thing. I put that know. game together. Yeah, that Homestead was pretty good. You never know what what St. Joe team you're going to get either. That's how I feel. You know what Jr. you're going to get, but you don't know about the yeah. rest of the guys. True. No, I think I think you're right on that. There's a lot of guys on St. Joe's that just don't step up consistently yep. enough. And that's yep. kind of why they've lost. I thought they'd be borderline elite this year because they had so many upperclassmen but they, right their guy right. their seniors just outside of jr like, don't do i it. like some of those dudes so those guys have come down to the fall league and play oh yeah 
and JR's not played with them. JR has played with some of his AAU friends, and those other kids play together. So they come down as a team, and they've done very well in the fall league, which I know is there's, I know I realize it's three steps above an open gym, but but at the same time, always like those kids individually. And then I just didn't see any of it when they played Homestead. I didn't see any of it on offense. And I didn't see no. anything from them on defense, including JR. But that that first half from Homestead was one of the better first halves you're going to see all year long. Yeah, that's that fair. That first half was awesome. Uh, I mean, but really they didn't impressed, miss a shot. Really impressed with Mishawaka Marion when they came down to play LC. They, they don't have the kind of – they don't have any huge offensive advantages other than – their guys were just maybe a year stronger than what LC was what had on the floor because LC does play a lot of sophomores. Um, but, at, but at the end of the day, they just were a little bit tougher. And then when they needed stops, they got stops. And I, I think if you put St. Joe and Marion together on the court, I think that's maybe where it makes a difference. And um, I think if Mishawaka and Marion's ahead late, they probably hold on and win that game. Yeah, I would agree. Um um, sectional 20, I think it's, it's good that Peru and Western on the opposite half, but nothing overly compelling in that sectional. Um, I don't have anything else till sectional 24. Anybody, anybody have anything uh, between gotta, gotta give coach Wood his props Him yeah, and, uh, John Johnson at South Bend St. Joe. This is their last year for both those guys. Yeah, that's true. But, um, Woody's another and guy. I've, I've heard through the grapevine there may be somebody in this Twin Lakes sectional that may be up for replacing Wood. FYI. So, somebody in the Twin Lakes sectional. Hold on, i got to pull it back up now. <laughs> somebody in the Twin it's Lakes It's a guy sectional. me and you both know. I have heard the name through the grapevine. Twin Lakes. Oh, well, yeah. Let's don't do that. <laughs> we've We've been pretty good to avoid <laughs> coaching rumors. We've been pretty good to avoid coaching rumors uh, on this. Uh, but the, I think the the Western Peru matchup and that should be good on Saturday if it makes it yeah. that far. Well, I'm a big I'm a big Thompson fan. I'm a big you know, Mike Lewis fan too. So, although every now and then I call him thinking I'm, or I call the the Mike Lewis who played. Thinking you're you. calling the UCLA Mike Lewis. Yeah. So I've had to change my information cards around a little bit. So. Uh, the Hamilton Heights, uh, let's see, what sectional is that? We're going down to sectional 24 now. Side Newcastle note on the Newcastle. Side yeah. note on the Western Peru matchup. Uh, Western yeah. beat them 60 to 25 during the season. Western beat Peru? Yes. 60 to 25? Yes. Yeah, that one, I'm, nah, I got to look up something on that and see I'm if everybody sure. was there. Peru's right, I'm not sure. way better than that. Right. Western's good, really good, but. And they're playing well. That's they just lost their beach that's Grove. The, beach, I think I've that's the problem with this year. There's, I think there's just so many outlier results that you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt every once in a while because you just may not have everybody healthy for one reason or another. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, beach Grove went up and beat them. I've enjoyed watching Beach Grove play this year. I've seen them play twice. Um, the what I had the note that I had for the sectional 24 was that the best guards is in that first game. You've got Etchison who is, yep. we all know much, you know, a ton about him, but then, and it may be the same thing. It's going to be seniors. Hamilton Heights has a lot of good guards. Letzinger, um, 
they've got Noah. Oh man. I'll, I'll look it up here in a minute, but it's seniors versus underclassmen as, as um, Yorktown. What did I do here? Oh wait, no, I know what I did here. Yorktown has AJ Dunn, who's a sophomore and uh, Kieran Tawari, who's a freshman. Both those dudes are leading Yorktown in scoring. And um, both those kids can really, really fill it up. And Yorktown plays three freshmen. They had a good eighth grade group last year. Give, give some more fall league props. They had a good group of incoming freshmen last year. So 19, 2019 in the fall league. And those guys are now freshmen. And uh, they're, uh, I didn't realize they just look so tiny. But here they are now. Three of those kids are playing varsity. Tawari is the second leading scorer for them. And then A.J. Dunn, whose older brother is 6'3", 6'4". So maybe A.J.'s going to get – got some more growing to do. But but he's he's their playmaker. He's their best shooter. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Hamilton Heights' seniors prevail. And, and Etchison probably, probably figures out a way to have a, a really good game. Um, not exactly going on a limb there. He's, he's the best player in that sectional. So he's yeah. going to be, you know, Hamilton Heights gets that favorite, at least based on my theory. It's Noah Linville, um, Luke Carroll. Lessinger. Yeah, Letzinger, Isaiah, or Isaac Wilson. That's just a good group of seniors, although Carroll's a junior. That's a good group of seniors that, that have been varsity kids since they were sophomores. Of course, Etchison's been a varsity kid since he was a freshman, so – I don't, and you also, can't count out Delta. Not allowed to, you're not allowed you're to uh, go against Brett Chris there. You got to go right. for the fighting Christs. Well, and and Delta, you can't rule them out. I mean, Detweiler does such a great job with Delta, and and it's it's not like Hunt isn't. I mean, Hunt would be a Division One basketball player if he wasn't also a Division One quarterback. He's going to Ball State for football. Uh, Brady Hunt, and um, you know they've got a kid that's having a good year who I just remember him a little bit last year, Neil Marshall, who's, who stepped up his production this year as a junior, but they've, um, you know, they're not, you know, who knows, they may even be the favorite. I just, I think Hamilton Heights looks awfully good right now. They're, they're playing pretty well. And we're getting into predictions and I don't want to use that time. We're already pushing maximum density here on time wise. Um, Danville, Crawfordsville, moving down to Frankfurt sectional, Danville, Crawfordsville, Greencastle, all on the same side of the draw. Joey, you still here? Let me check. Yes, I'm here. Joey's still here. There we go. Yep. Um, we both, you and I, you were, of course, at every Greencastle game. You and I were both at the, the Greencastle Sullivan game and saw Brody Whitaker just completely take that game over. It, it started on the, it started on the, on the glass. And then it turned into him scoring and playmaking. Um, Danville, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on those three teams? And is Tri West? I mean, Tri West is probably a fair bet to get to the championship game. Yeah, that's but the way it, it looks. I mean, uh, like those three teams, like like the best three teams. I think the one thing they have in common is is they're just all really well coached. I mean, Brian Barber does a great job at Danville. Uh, Greencastle has a guy named Bryce Rector, who's a very young coach who does very well. And then David Pierce at Crawfordsville. So those are all very well coached teams. And uh, like they have all beaten each other. Uh, so there's really no advantage that way. Um, like when, when Crawfordsville beat Greencastle, that was the first game of the year in November. So 
that may not mean as much as a recent game, but uh, that but that should be a really good sectional. Um, I mean, I really like Jesse Hall from from Crawfordsville. I think he's yeah. a really good player. Uh, but I mean, Brody Whitaker is just he's just a worker. He's just somebody who I've seen. I got to know him when he was in junior high and he just he's just worked all the time and just worked hard. I and mean, he just does everything. He's a really good rebounder. Um, he gets five assists a game. I mean, two or three steals. And he just does everything that, that needs to happen. Uh, like they have four starters on that team who were starters as sophomores two years ago when they won the sectional up at Crawfordsville. And then last year they kind of stumbled and got beat by Frankfurt in the first game. But, uh, but they definitely have a lot of experience there. And um, like they won the big tournament in Terre Haute over the holidays. So, you know, they have yeah. a, have a really good team. And I really think that any one of those three teams could win it. You know, I hate to give coach Barber too much credit because his head will swell. He won't be able to get it through his turtleneck. Um, that's actually a little inside joke that none of you guys are privy to, but uh, I always kind of tease him for his turtlenecks. But it, it's hard to believe as good as Danville has been a, a two or three years ago, some, one of the parents that were there trying to get him fired, and that was just idiotic. He just mm-hmm. does an outstanding job. He's he's turns kids out. He gets his football kids to buy in to what he does on the basketball court. Uh, he's a guy I've known him for a long – coached against him when he was at Riverton Park. Um, and – you know, his um, his brother played at Burbuff about the time I started coaching AAU. So that's that's a situation where I've at least known of him for a very long time and, and gotten usually, you know, good to be friends with him. But really, um, that sectional, Jesse Johnson Hall, I, I like him. He disappears a lot, though, don't you think? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, like when I saw him play over the last few years, he would have good – haves and bad haves and he would kind of come and go but I think uh, he's averaging about 17 a game this year uh, then they have a guard named uh, Lunas who's also done really well for him he's averaging about yeah. 18 a game and um but I mean Jesse that's that, that's for sure like what I've seen of him is that when he wants to play he's really good and uh and he's a big guy who is really uh just really athletic and he could cause a lot of problems for uh, for Greencastle who has one big guy but is not maybe as strong or as athletic. So uh, I think he's definitely one of the key players in that field. I get all the way down to skipping ahead now. Sorry about that. I get all the way down to sectional 30. Anybody got anything between 25 and 30 they wanted to touch on? I mean, Northview has, has had a really good season, but uh, like they're my team now. Uh, I guess what is really weird about the, uh, that sectional is that there are five teams from the WIC in there and the South Vermilion used to be in the WIC and then Brownstone Central is just one of those random teams that had to have some place to go so they come really far up and nobody really knows anything about them but I think they um, like they won it last year and I think ever since they did that in volleyball and girls basketball I think they've come up here to either Owen Valley or Edgewood and I think they've won the sectional every time in the basketball and volleyball so they're definitely a threat but uh, like those two teams should be the two best there uh, I mean Owen Valley being the home team, I, I really like Stephen Atkinson. I think he's a really good player. And, uh, like, they maybe have underachieved a little bit this year, but um, I think probably those three teams are probably the at the, the top down in Owen Valley. Are you going to be – is that where you'll be? Yep, I'll be there. Because you are squarely Northview or Brazil. Yep. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll love – well, first of all, Benner's a hell of a coach. Uh, what I didn't know about him, I learned coaching a kid from Cord and Central – 
uh, Bronson Kessinger and getting a chance to see. I always went to the court in Brownstown games because Brownstown's always good. They've obviously they've reached the state finals a couple of times. Uh, Benner's an excellent coach, and you're gonna love. You've not seen them yet. You're gonna love his son. Uh, extremely smart kid. Uh, saw them the other night. Pretty well contained for the first half. Started to get a little bit more going in the second half, and and Brownstown came back from double digits to to beat Eastern uh, out of Pekin. And uh, Benner's kid is really good. Benner's kid had a forty point game as a freshman earlier in the year. He hit ten threes. Uh, he, he's got some physical things he's got to work on quickness wise and just reshaping his body. I think that's going to come. Uh, but he's very much like his dad in terms of he can just really score. You know, his dad was went to Hanover, and I think was had an outstanding career there. I don't know much about Dave before college, uh, but as a coach at Brownstown, he has done a lot of good things there and his kids pretty good. Brownstown plays, I think, three freshmen. And I think they start two freshmen. So, hmm. um, Beach Grove, probably the odds on favor to win that section 28, right? No arguments there. Greensburg, probably Greensburg, Connorsville. That'll be a great matchup in section 29. That's probably how it will play out. And of course, we'll be wrong, right? Um, sectional 30. I mean, they said it on the, the broadcast. Sharon Wilkerson's got to be kissing the ground right now because he got the bottom half with Silver Creek, North Harrison, and, the, and even an improved Corridan team this year, all in the upper half. Um, any thoughts on that, Eric? We Silver Silver Creek's going to win that, right? <laughs> uh oh, am I the only one that can't hear Eric? Nope, couldn't hear him. Couldn't hear Eric. <clears throat> He's not on mute. Uh, I don't hear Eric. <laughs> He's leaving the room now. He's going to go look for something. Oh, switching earphones. Uh, yeah, Silver Creek is, I mean, North Harrison beat him without Kaufman. That's no, going to make a no difference. Yeah, that's that's going to make a big difference. Uh, but, but North Harrison, I mean, Hatton is a hell of a matchup and they've got two really good. They've got two guards that can shoot it. Well, they space the floor. I, I got a chance to see North Harrison play at Southport. And um, I was surprised that they still beat Silver Creek, but then again, Silver Creek didn't have um, Trey Kaufman. So Eric, can you, I can't hear you. No, nope. check your, <laughs> your volume settings. Or your connection. Um, let's move on. Anybody have anything else? I mean, Heritage Hills and Evansville Bossy. That's although Evansville Memorial is not going to be. They're not going to be a pushover by any stretch of imagination. But Heritage Hills, Evansville Bossy is the I think the matchup that most people expect and look forward to, in that sectional thirty-two. And that pretty much puts us the end of 3A. Um, the um, 4A1, what did you have up north? What, what's your favorite matchups or situation up north, Zach? Uh, obviously, I, I feel like in the Gary West sectional, uh, you've got Munster, great draw for them. And then they'll probably end up seeing West Side 
I don't see Lake Central being able to do anything against them. Uh, so they could give West Side an interesting game. I believe they already played this year. Yeah. It wasn't it was a little further than I a little further apart than I thought it was, but who when Munster played? Yeah, Gary Westside. I don't see that being a big deal, just that Munster got that draw. Chesterton Valpo obviously is the bigger one up there with them playing right away. Uh, everybody hates that. <clears throat> Lowell loving life up there at the top, like we mentioned before as well. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tweeted that uh, Chris's stepfather on that one. They they've really have to love that. I mean, Crown Point also in the bottom half with Valpo and Chesterton. Yeah. Um, sectional three. Yeah, Plymouth. Is not Are you still going to that? I'll probably end up going down there for something. It was yeah. not as interesting as it once was when Michigan City was was rolling. Uh, something's going on there. I feel like because they've got guys that haven't been starting that were starting, and that's still a good Friday night game, though. That's still a, a good Friday night for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I mean it'll be Michigan City or Culver versus right. South Bend Riley, and it'll probably be Mishawaka and South Bend Adams. It's not a bad night of basketball. No, not at all. <clears throat> uh, nothing too big at sectional. I don't really have a lot of notes from the the foray stuff. Um, mostly because we've we've talked a lot about the the teams that are really good, and so I know what they're doing. Sectional five and six, the two Fort Wayne sectionals. It just seems so obvious that well, Homestead will probably win that. They'll, they'll win sectional six um, pretty handily. Do we do we think that – I mean, Huntington North's 11 and six. Do we think they have a – They have already smacked Huntington North earlier this year. Trying to find that score. I don't think they played each other this year. Yeah, I watched it again. Oh, they did. Yeah, 50-64. <laughs> Was it not even there that we close? Go. There we go. There you go. A little better. So you're just on your computer audio now. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, any any challenges for hunting for Homestead or Carroll and their sectionals? I, I I wouldn't sleep on Fort Wayne North. Think so, and they're, they're athletic, young. I mean, didn't was it North that beat them earlier in the year? Didn't North North beat Leo earlier in the year? Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, the, the Snyder thing, I mean, you know, Carroll versus Snyder is defense versus offense in that game. I mean, not that Carroll – Carroll's not as slow as they've – they've not played as slow as they've tried to play in the past. I think most of that's because they got – you know, Jalen Jackson is – can you know, can get it against most people. But, but Snyder is all offense, all gas, no breaks. And, and Carroll will just – you know they'll they'll grind them down, but that was a two point game earlier in the year. So I guess my assessment, I was surprised that game was two points after watching Snyder play a couple times, just because I don't think Snyder, unless they're turning people over, aren't don't put a whole lot of resistance defensively, or don't put up a lot of resistance defensively. All right. <clears throat> No, the only thing I worry about with Carroll is if it's not Jalen Jackson, they don't have anybody else. And then who? Yeah, who is it? Yeah. I mean, if you can figure out a way to stop him, which nobody really has, but if you can figure it out, 
it's not like there's anybody else on that roster you really trust to get you 20 points, you know? So I think that's maybe more of a concern for long-term rather than sectionals, but. The first note I took in the 4A stuff was Lafayette Jeff versus Marion. So sectional seven um, be because Barnizer versus Blackman. <laughs> I mean, both of them are, are way more unselfish than what I'm, than what I'm about to say, but it's almost like they're just going to play horse against each other. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they're both, they're, they're both, I mean, they're both very, they're both unselfish players. It, it's, it's, they're both also just outstanding shooters and, and understandably high volume shooters. The, the entire offense runs through both those guys. Um, I think Marion's maybe got a little bit more uh, talent aside from, aside from Blackman, but Lafayette Jeff also um, probably a little bit more um, in tune with, playing how Barnheiser likes to play. That makes sense. Most of it, I think because Beaver provides a lot of space, they've actually got a little bit of size where I'm not really sure what Marion has in that regard. I did not see them play this year, which was rare. And at the end of the day, McCutcheon and Harrison are both drew the bye and are, are kind of sitting there waiting. I think Lafayette Jeff got the worst draw of all of it, didn't they? Yeah, by I mean Marion. I mean Marion did. Well, I mean Marion if you want to argue, but yeah, Marion has to play Jeff Harrison and then and then either McCutcheon or Logansport. So, um, if I'm McCutcheon, I'm loving that draw. No offense to Coach Shouse uh, at Logan, but uh, McCutcheon's having a great year. They have definitely benefited from getting Gibbs back. Uh, yeah, McCutcheon's the one team I haven't seen that like I have no idea how they're 15 and 12 like what about it is well, i don't yeah they're good defensively that's i mean f- for the most part they they've got i mean Shearer does a really good job i've liked watching them play i thought they did a good job last year of 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 integrating the freshman traven gill you know traven gibbs in with the older kids obviously he he was injured coming into this year and has since announced that he's transferring out to a prep school in Utah. We all know how I feel about that. But, you know, you, you wonder if, like, they, they played Connorsville and got smacked 50-28. to 28. You, you wonder if some of that was COVID. Then they turn around and give Zionsville a great game. Zionsville was playing their, some really good basketball at that point. And they've not really blown anybody away. They don't have a lot of huge wins. I mean, they beat Logansport by four. Uh, they beat Marion by Marion's probably their biggest win in terms of point spread at 15. You know, they go to Richmond. It takes two overtimes to beat Richmond. Richmond's not having a great year. You know, West Lafayette has struggled. They So they beat West Lafayette by four. So that's not great based on how they're. So McCutcheon, you know, they beat Clinton Prairie. Clinton Prairie's having a good year, but they're 2A. Um, you know, yeah, they, I, to my point, like, McCutcheon beat Jeff, but like, can they beat Jeff twice? Right. Like, that's what it's going to take. I have no doubts that McCutcheon will get to Saturday, but are they actually good enough to beat Jeff twice, or is it more fluky? The the interesting thing is Jeff was the first team to get to seventy on them all year, and then Muncie Central did it, and Marion did it. Have done it since. Um, 
I think Kyle McCutcheon plays Anderson in Lake Central will will tell us a little bit. Not again, and go, going back to what I said about you know not showing much, but but Lake Central is playing some good basketball now, and and there's no reason for McCutcheon not to go up there and try to get that win, other than maybe they won't prepare for it. You know, but neither team probably will. <laughs> so, um, sectional eight, obviously the one that I had the most interest in. Clear. I'm, happy, I'm happy Carmel got the bye. That's awesome. I thought Westfield, Zionsville. I mean, it's such a I mean, Noblesville struggling, but you know what? They've got kids that are good enough. They could compete. Now uh, they can it make. It feels like it's really balanced. Like it, it feels is. like it should be fun. I mean, the best team in the sectional got the bye. Record-wise, the worst team in the sectional got the bye. And you really could put all those teams in a hat. I mean, Hamilton Southeastern, I mean, they've got some interesting matchup issues that even Carmel will have a hard time solving. I, I think Carmel obviously played Fishers without Waddell. There was some issues, I thought, with Carmel getting to the rim and not finishing because Fishers just got some strong kids. Hamilton Southeastern has some strong kids. Now, Carmel beat Southeastern relatively easy this year. Uh, they definitely played really well against Noblesville, played really well against Westfield. Um, and it was a better game against Zionsville than what I thought um, it would be just because Zionsville was so young. But um, and, and they've had a, a good year. Uh, and a lot of that was, especially the Zionsville and, and <coughs> Noblesville games, it was really Carmel coming out in the third quarter. And just kind of putting the beat down on them, but the uh, there's no easy wins in this sectional, and that's and I, you know it just continues to be that way every year, and you know fortunately for me, you know Carmel's prevailed, but but I, I enjoy watching other teams play, and and uh, you know Braden Smith, it, it just seems like someday he's going to win a sectional. He just has a hard time against Suter is what, what it's turning out to be. So, uh, Anything else from that one before we move on? Carmel will win. Carmel will win, yeah. I don't bet against Carmel anymore. Yeah, I don't – yeah, that's probably smart. All right, any, anything in sectional nine that makes us want to not just skip over to sectional ten? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm good on that. I will say all the most of the power in sectional nine is in the bottom half. Mount Vernon, New Pal. Yeah, Greenfield. I know Anderson's having a good year, but and they and they could come out of it, but it's, it's not so lopsided. But I think New Pal is probably the favorite to win that sectional. Um, well, they they looked bad against Warren Central, so sectional ten. I mean, that's people that want to seed the sectional. There's no way to do that in this sectional, and and not. <laughs> What are you avoiding now? People now have come out saying they should in, they should seed the entire state tournament. Like that's silly. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's just I don't know. I I didn't complain when Pike and North Central were in the Carmel Noblesville sectional. That was sectional nine. I had no complaints. I thought it was fun. Um, I have no stake in it other than the fact that my favorite team was in it, and we we didn't win sectional for ten years or whatever the number was. Um. And have done well since those teams have left, but but we've also beaten all those teams during the regular season, or we Carmel's beaten all those teams in the regular season year after year. But sectional ten is a, is a freaking grind, and 
I get why people are upset. I don't, but I don't know what else can really be done about it other than the fact that you're just going to ch completely change how you do things simply because right now um, all these teams are, are loaded for bear. I mean, what would you do? You would move addicts you, and tech out. You don't even have a good system to seed anyway. If you want to use Sagar and Sagar and it's fine, but it's flawed. So like you literally have to have a board of people to pick the top two in each sectional and that's never going to happen. And we, we know from our experience, right, that just because you seed something doesn't mean people won't still complain, right? I mean, we, we do this every year with the NCAA tournament. Uh, people nitpick whether they're a two or a three or a three or a four or whatever. They nitpick, are they a seven or a two? You know, they nitpick everything. So it's not like you're ever going to stop the complaints. So if I'm the HSAA, I just let that noise come and go and um, – I mean, regardless in this sectional, it doesn't really matter. You you were gonna have I mean, if you're cathedral, you were gonna have to beat Lawrence North at some point. You're probably gonna have to beat Warren Central at some point. So like, okay, it's the first game. You can plan now at least. And even if you figure out some way to re reorganize Indianapolis, still gonna go to the same regional. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean it's, it's it took tech having a once in a generational player and Trey Lyles to get to the state finals. Um, you know, Lawrence North probably had as good a chance as anybody to get to the state championship game last year. Warren Central obviously has been there. Uh, North Central hasn't been there for a while. But at the end of the day, Pike has also made it the state championship game in the last decade. Uh, ben Davis made it two years ago. So it's not like these guys are – completely walking through everything else. It's just the sectional is tough. When, when, when was the last time somebody outside of Warren Central has won from sectional 10 now? Tech. I mean, it's been a while. Tech, 2014. Yeah. So, what, two and Well, but that's still eight that's years, not, that's, not bad, that's still not bad odds, though. Yeah, but for a sectional that annually has a bunch of the best teams, it's still right. tough. Well, yeah, but only that's the old Marion County versus the NCC argument where back before class basketball, Marion County had everybody go through one regional where the North Central Conference had everybody going through their their eight schools, I think, went through five regionals and three semi-states. And so they were saying, yeah, well, look at how many teams we how many how many teams, you know, have won a state championship. Well, they get three bites at the apple every year. You know, so I yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's. It would make the regionals where the rubber hits the road with these guys. And that goes to your point is even though this sectional is a grinder, the winner of this thing doesn't always never just waltzes through the regional. No. And, you know, and a lot of times even Carmel, as good as that sectional has been, the regional has been really competitive. It's the semi-state for Carmel where they've don't seem to lose. <laughs> Um, well, there hasn't been very many good teams from northeast or northwest region recently. I mean, and they, I mean, but those games, other than the one Evansville Memorial or the Elkhart Memorial one, those games haven't even been close. Yeah, um, no, not even. Now, Gary, I, you know, I scared to death of Gary West and scared to death of South Bend Adams, but, but, so I mean, Cathedral Lawrence North, that's. That was the one game. Carmel Homestead was the other game we need to see this year. Cathedral Lawrence North was the other game was a game we need to see this year. Those for my money, are the four best teams in the state. Yeah. Um, obviously LN, LN and Cathedral did not play during the year. Uh, they typically don't. 
Let me research that real quick here. Control F. Uh, they played, yeah, they've played 11. I guess they did play in the regular season as early, as recent as 2018. But then 2018, 2017, then not again until uh, yeah, not again until they've only played twice during the regular season in the last 30 years. So they don't typically play each other. Um, so this, this is obviously a matchup I wanted to see. Do what? Regardless, that game is going to be awesome. That'll be the yeah. best game for first round easy. And LC and Warren will be good. I think Warren will get have the advantages because they've got more size and they're they're more experienced. Um, I'm glad that game's at Tech. That's going to be more room. Yeah. Uh, Addicts has got Hawkins has got to be so freaking happy. <laughs> yeah, but North Central is playing really well. They are, but it, if you're going to be one of the better teams in that sectional, Addicts' spot is right. And if they're going to extend the court, and that's in Leland. Leland Walker has had team has problem against teams that have packed it in. The the games that where teams have extended their defense, he's been brilliant. And, and we know Hawkins. We know they're not going to just sit back and they're going to be out. Yeah, extending the court. I'm looking forward to that Carmel game on Tuesday. Clearly, um. Zach, anything, Joey, anything on sectional 10, you guys, anything you want to, you look for in that? I mean, you guys are, Zach pretty much stays up north. Joey, you, your coverage, you, you, that Avon. Is, yeah, you can't escape that, that area too. No, the sectional 10. Is that Avon? No, that's Attic, Cathedral, Lawrence North. Oh, Edwards, yeah. Central. That that's kind of out of my league. There, I'm not really too much. I haven't seen any of those play this yeah. year. <laughs> that's the only bad thing about working for a newspaper is you you got to cover what you cover. Meanwhile, the, the other three of us just kind of go wherever the heck we want to go. So, best games of the day. Yeah. Yep. Um, section eleven. I mean, it's. I think Jaden Taylor is good enough to propel Perry Meridian over Pike, but I'd still say Pike would win it. Then it's Pike Ben Davis in the final. I mean, how could you not have Pike and Ben Davis in the final? Ben Davis looked really good the other night with Jaden Brewer. Really yeah. impressive. Um, sectional 12, Brownsburg, Plainfield. I mean, Mooresville got some decent names, but they've not had a very good year. Avon looked good early in the year, but then have absolutely fallen off, fallen off a cliff. The Terre Haute schools are down. Joey, what do you know? I mean, Joey, do you get a chance to see them much? Yeah, just in the, the uh, tournament at Christmas, I mean, Terre Haute South has lost 11 games in a row, and I'm going to bet in the 40-year history of the school that has never happened at either North or South before. Um, there's just kind of a talent drought right now. I mean, I think a lot of people have moved out of town. Like a lot of the former athletes that were good here have moved and taken their families elsewhere, and um, there's just not as much talent as there used to be. I mean, Todd does a great job at uh, Terre Haute North, as always, and, and I mean, Maynard, I think, does a good job, but he just doesn't have have the tools to work with, but it's it's really, well, like, uh, for the first time this year, the three Vigo County teams in the Wabash Valley Classic stayed home on the last day, and that has never 
never oh, happened yeah. before. I mean, probably none of them has ever stayed home before this year. All three of them didn't even make it to the last day. So it's it's a talent drought, and I'm not sure there's a there's any big superstars uh, coming up on the horizon that I've seen. So, uh, um, like I did see Plainfield play against Northview on on. Um, by online and I think they are really good. I, I don't know how good they are compared to the good teams, you know, at the top of the rankings. But Plainfield is big and and physical and aggressive, and I, I really like their team. Maynard safe. I think as long as, no I mean, I think as long as he wants to be. I mean, I you know, but he does things the right way. They don't have any problems or controversies. Um, I think everybody that's that's in that situation. I think they realize that. They just don't have the players, um, but uh, it sure hasn't gone very well. But I, I really doubt that he's in much trouble. Um, maybe if they would lose to Riverton Park on Thursday, that might change. But um, uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't they just don't have any talent whatsoever. South <laughs> yeah, has nothing in the bank to like write home about. So like Maynard, it's not Maynard's fault. No, it's, he it's needs a good coach. You just well, we what are you going to do? <laughs> we know that. Do they know that? So. Well, nah, that's a good question. I think they do. I mean, but, but really, they haven't fired a coach for poor records since Howard Sharp, I don't believe. So I think that's how long that's been. So um, that's a long ass time. Yeah, it is. How long was Rady was there? What, 30 years? Uh, from 81. Um, yeah, I'd say about 30, maybe high 20s. But uh, um, yeah, he just left on his own. But, but by, by like he had always told me that he was going to end his career at a small school because as much as he liked being in Terre Haute and had a lot of success and, and all that stuff, he really liked the small school aspect better. So he had always said that's what he was going to do. So him winding up in Cloverdale to me was not a big surprise at all. Yeah. And he had some pains in the butt over there too. Oh, he the did. Tail, yep. The tail end of his tenure there. So yes, he did. <laughs> people I got to know or got to meet at least I shouldn't say got to know, but anyway, <laughs> Uh, sectional 13, uh, center Grove, the favorite never wins the sectional. That's what they always say down there. So center Grove looks like the favorite, although Franklin central's definitely good. And Greenwood's having a really good year. They pulled a game out of their butt last night. Um, nothing too compelling there to, to discuss at this point, right? No, not really. It could be a Greenwood FC center Grove Whiteland. You figure it's going to be center Grove, but they can be anything. Sectional 14, Bloomington South. It's, at, it's actually at Bloomington South. Um, Columbus North, Bloomington North, that's going to be a good game. That's that's going to be a great game. That Tuesday night there, because Bloomington South versus East Central will be good. I will say this. The last time, there was a time when Bloomington South went in. I want to say they were undefeated. They definitely were like number one or number two in the state. Went in and East Central beat them in the first round. Um, Disbro's an excellent coach. He's got, he's got a good group that he's been with, that he's kind of ridden with the last three years, but um, they um, South looks like they probably have righted the ship here and, and they're coming in playing some of their best basketball. No, anybody disagree I mean, with that? Joey? If, have you, if anybody's like, uh, I saw him play Greencastle in the championship game of the of the classic, and 
but they had a lot of guys who missed a lot of time due to injury. I know at that point they were just kind of getting some of those uh, guys back. So I think now they are surely much better health-wise than they were earlier in the year. Um, uh, but they really are, like they have a solid team as always. And I think they had one big guy, especially that had just come back uh, maybe for the last game, even that uh, uh, like, I think he really helps them, but um, that should be a good sectional. Yeah. In 2008, Bloomington South went into the sectional 19 and one lost the first round at East central 33 to 30. And since then, I think they've, they've, um, I'm not sure they played each other since then. Yeah, they have. They beat them once. They beat them. Um, scrolling through here again. They beat them twice. They beat them twice since three times since then, including last year, 74 to 48. So I just I got a lot of faith in Disbro, but I also got a lot of faith in Jared Holmes. Bloomington South wins that game. They'll they'll get through Martinsville probably pretty easily. The Columbus North Bloomington North game still. So the two worst teams in that sectional got the bye, right? And that's what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's going to do it this year and get us Bloomington South, it's got to be this year. It's when they've had the least amount of talent and there's at least a chance you can beat them. But like Bloomington North and Bloomington South didn't play this year. It got postponed. Yeah, that's weird. And Bloomington North is averaging 72 and a half points and Bloomington South giving up 40. So, I mean, you're going to figure out real quick if Bloomington North's got a chance, you know, if they match up. That's not to say that Columbus North isn't going to have something to say about it, but. Sectional 15 and six. Oh, Joey, did you have anything? Were you, nope, I'm good. That, who was it? Who was it that was, I had the window turned off. Um, sectional 15 and 16, anything compelling out of there? I mean, I 15, Floyd Central, Jeffersonville are the same half with Jennings County. Uh, Jennings County's not bad, but um, Floyd Central, Jeff being opposite, or New Albany being opposite of that of those three teams, that's a really good draw for them. And then Wrights and sectional 16, Evansville, Wrights, Castle, and Evansville North being on the top half, that's the three top teams in that sectional. Any, anything we're going to take out of that? Not really. That one's, it's just not nearly as good as it was even a year ago. I mean, rights could be really good, but they could also score 35 points in a game. Like, I don't know what to expect out of them. Yeah, I saw Castle against, should have been better than they are. I saw rights versus Jasper early in the year. Um, they were okay. They, I, I thought Deese was pretty focused that game. You know, he's not bad when he's focused. He's just got to got to. If he's on, he's great. Yeah, he's on one out of every four games. He's just, yeah, he's just got to have a a more consistent motor. So, um, all right, closing thoughts here. Anything beyond the obvious of sectional 10, anything like stand out? Like, Zach, what's the, what's the game you're going to look forward to? Joey doesn't count. Poor Joey. He has to, he's told where he has to go. So Joey may not be able to. I can tell myself where to go, but no. that's there you go. That's true. You are your own boss, but you pretty much have a captive feel, yeah. don't you? Yes. Uh, Zach, where are you going night one? Um, that's a good question because night two would be a good one to see the Holy War part two. 
Well, you got Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday now. I know. I well, come on. Over. Where are you going? Zach or Eric, we, are we both going to try to go to Tech? Is that what we're doing first night? Probably. Probably. I mean, probably do that. I think that Friday night at North Davies is going to be awesome. Like yeah, that's, that's true. That's kind of – if it ends up being Lagodi, Orleans, North Davies, and Barry, like that's going to be a great Friday night. I And I, as much as I just teased Joey about having to – you know, be where Northview is. I, you know, once Carmel plays, I'll be there, but I don't have, I don't have to do that, but I do. Um, Zach, where are you going? Where are you going Tuesday night? Uh, Maybe go over to Chesterton and see that Valpo Chesterton first round. Yeah. That's not a horrible idea. I mean, although that's a, probably a game you've already, we've already seen, right. By we, I, I mean you. I did not see that one, no. Oh, you didn't go to that one? I've seen Valpo a couple times. I've seen Chesterton a couple times, but I didn't But not against one. each other, yeah. yeah. That'll be a good game. Yep, I, fun seeing Coleman really do well up there. He did a good job at Northrop in the cesspool that is Fort Wayne in terms of feeder system, not not the city. I like the city. It's just as, as scattered as the feeder systems are, the, the middle school situations are in Fort Wayne. <laughs> It's, it was nice seeing Coleman take a job like Valpo and and really run with it and, and just prove how he can develop a whole program. It, it's just hard to do. It's no it's no different than being an I you know being in Indianapolis, especially in IPS, and having to deal with where those kids are going to go to school because it's just open enrollment and there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, well, guys, I appreciate it. Joey, unexpected. Glad you popped on. Uh, great insight on the teams in your area. Eric, I appreciate it. I know you were sort of joking around when you said you were going to come in here and try to bug me, but hell, man, your input's always welcome. Um, always, always need to make your life as painful as possible. That's fine. As long as Carmel wins, I'm happy. So we're good. There's nothing anybody else can do to make that take that smile off my face. So, well, we've got uh, Zach and I have some more business to discuss after we get out of here. So I appreciate both you guys being in here and, and thanks for your participation. And, and thanks, for the, thanks for the two or three people who popped in and, and listened for a while, and including our Indonesian gamer, <laughs> Lala, whoever that was. Anyway, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Later. See ya.